Hi, this is Jeremy Leacher, and if you want to know what's happening in the information security world, like no kidding, like you got to listen to my boy Nick Thomas with the InfoSec Sync podcast. If you're looking for insight into the vast world of information security, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the InfoSec Sync podcast, the only top-rated information security podcast committed to helping you enhance your cyber skill set. Listen in on conversations with world-class information security thought leaders, subject matter experts, authors, and more as we exchange ideas, best practices, and discuss the latest trends, threats, strategies, and solutions for your success. So get ready to get in sync with your host, Nick Thomas. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the InfoSexSync podcast, where we keep you in sync with the ever-changing world of information security. I'm your host, Nick Thomas. A couple weeks ago, I interviewed Jeremy Leisher. He's a security solutions architect at Exelio Incorporated and also a cyber warrant officer in the Alabama National Guard. Jeremy mentioned that he was producing a free, non-vendor threat hunting class to educate his customers but he also wanted to be able to share the information with the cyber workforce and give the workforce an opportunity to attend. In this episode, we discuss the virtual class that is being held on May 18th through the 19th, free of charge. Upon completion of the class, Excelio will provide a certificate of completion for attendees that have existing certifications and need CPEs. A link for registration is also provided on our website at infosexsync.com. So without any further ado, here's the interview. All right, Jeremy, welcome back to the show. How you been, man? I'm good, brother. How you been, Nick? Oh, man, been been good, been busy. And I see you've been busy with this uh, this hunted program that you've created uh, with Excelio. Yep. Yep. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about why you created this? Yeah, so uh, on the previous podcast where we, we chatted, right, I've been with I've been with Excelio now for about almost a year, and um, a, a couple months ago, you know, I was talking to him and I said, "Look, I said, you know, I, I'm a big advocate for training and education, right? And, and there's actually a huge difference between the two." Um, and I said, "Look, I said, I think there's a need in the community for people to have a free education in specifically what threat hunting is, right? And what it's not, right? And that's kind of, that's kind of been my mantra because uh, ultimately I think there's been a big misconception in the community on how incident response and threat hunting, they become intertwined and, and they are so to some extent, right? But they're actually totally separate. They both have their own loop and then they have intersecting points. And so that's part of the course and really uh, there's a lot of mist out there, right? Well, I have to be, I have to have all these sexy tools to do hunting and I have to be a really smart, you know, been doing this stuff for 20 years and I just don't have enough time, right? All these myths. And so we debunk those in the course and the course is not a tools course, right? This is not a, this is a, this is an education around how to think ultimately. Um, and because hunting in Jeremy's opinion, right? Take it with a grain of salt is that uh, mature hunting is 90% mental preparation and 10%, you know, tangible tasks on a keyboard. Yeah, it's very analytical. It is, yes. So the name Hunted, how did you come up with that? Is that an acronym? Does that stand for anything? Yeah, so so when I, when I thought about the course, right, I, I spent quite a bit of time thinking about, you know, not something that's catchy, but something that's usable, right? So if you look at 
Lockheed Martin Cyber Kill Chain, and you look at MITRE Attack Framework, and you look at all these acronyms, right? Even when you think of uh, the acronym PING or ICMP or, you know, specifically the military, but even in the security space, right, we have all these acronyms and they mean something. And I thought, well, what's a great model to have a singular word, right, that is also a roadmap in which to hunt, right? And so um, it's actually, it's, it's lowercase h-u-n-t with a capital E-D at the end, right? And so I had some initial kickback on well, what does the ED stand for at the end, right? And I'm like, well, it doesn't mean what you think it does, right? Um, the ED actually stands for early detection, right? And the reason being is because I think we, you know, in, as in the security uh, environment we live in, right, we are very reactionary. We are very much, you know, burdened with alerts and, and whack-a-mole and, and those kind of things, right? So HUNTED itself, uh, the, the, the first four letters, H-U-N-T, is actually an acronym for trailhead establishment, right? I think people that want to do threat hunting one of the, the biggest challenges is where the heck do I start, right? I don't even know, like, do I start looking over here? Do I start looking, right? Where, where do I even start, right? And so the H actually stands for hunch, right? So you could hunt with just a hunch, right? I think something, and it doesn't have to be nefarious, right? It doesn't have to be that you think some actors in your environment, it could just be, I, I want to validate something, I have a hunch, right? The U is unique. Um, there could be something unique in your environment that only you've seen or, it could be something unique that you've never seen and you want to investigate it, right? The N is named, right? So it could be a named threat actor in your environment. It could be a named vulnerability that you know still exists in your environment. It could be a named entity, right? A person that's doing something malicious in your environment, whether it be uh, an external threat actor or, you know, an internal employee. Um, and then the, the lowercase t, right? The hunt, the, the end of the hunt is actually TTPs, right? So if you look at Squirrel, right? Squirrel, I think, you know, back 10, 15 years ago, Squirrel was the first company that kind of put together a model on how to hunt, right? So they built this framework and they call it the pyramid of pain, right? And, and as you go from the bottom, right, you're looking at hashes and IP addresses and domain names. And as you go to the top of this pyramid, right, the very top is TTPs. If, if you can hunt TTPs, one, you are you are more mature than most. And secondly, it's more difficult. As you go up the pyramid, it gets more difficult. And so the T is ultimately TTPs. And, th and that's a that's a mental uh, word that it, if I want to hunt, right, and, and, and it's either a, a hunch, a unique thing, a named event, or a, a TTP. And the reason that we do all of those things is so that we can have earlier detection, right, so in the life cycle. So that's why Excelio Hunted is different than anything else available out there? Yeah, well, I mean, we're different, right? I'm not going to say that we're better. I'm not going to say, well, yeah, I am going to say that we're better, right? Um, I, because one, we're not trying to sell any of our stuff, right? If people want to ask a question about what Excelio is doing and why are we doing this training and what are our solutions that make us a little bit different, right? We'll have that discussion. But uh, if you look at some of our comp competitors out there, right, they have training classes, but they're all focused on their specific tools to do a specific function, right? And and that's training, right? What I'm trying to do is educate, right? Um, teach a man to fish, right? And he'll, he'll, he'll feed himself forever kind of myth, uh, uh, methodology. And so um, I try to, especially being in the military, right? I, I am at the point in my career where um, I'm not going to always bang on a keyboard. And so my role now is to train, educate, and advise those around me, my peers, right? And if I can pour into them what's been poured into me over the last 23 years, um, I'm at least doing something half right. So. <laughs> So another question I ha I have is uh, you've called it an education versus training. Why why is that? So so I think that specifically in the security space, right? Um, 
uh, we tend to to we tend to be more focused on training, right? And and it's because we we're a product of our environment. Because the job that I want to go get says that I have to have all of these things, right? All of these certifications or experience, and so I'm going to get that training to to fit a certain role. But what that individual lacks is why are you doing what you're doing, right? Well, a lot of companies or a lot of people say, well, it's because what it's what I've always done, right? Those are those are dangerous words, and so. I think to be educated, uh, it, it, you're, you're more dangerous and more suitable to do mature incident uh, response and threat hunting with an education versus training, right? I, you know, I, I would much rather have someone who has kind of been there, done that, and and has fundamental concepts of what we're trying to do because tools come and go, right? We are a society that we are we are solely dependent on tools, right? Um, ever since the invention of the iPhone. We have been, we want it now, we want it more, we want it cheaper, we want it faster, right, society. And so um, regardless of tools, let's let's hunt with what you have, right? And we talk about that in the course, right? If you weren't given any tools and I only gave you access to, act, you know, a traditional Windows environment and I gave you access to Active Directory, DNS logs, DHCP logs, and a few other things, right? You can do a lot of really good stuff with just that information, right? Um, I don't need, I don't need a SIM. I don't need a log correlation engine. I don't need EDR. I mean, all those things help. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm just saying that uh, you don't necessarily have to have those tools to start hunting. So is threat hunting the new um, the new bingo word, I guess? The new cyber bingo word? or is <laughs> Cyber any, bingo, right. Any uh, real value in it? No, I, I definitely think, right, um, I, I was uh, looking at some, some actually some, some folks, you know, bantering back and forth on some social media the other day, and and one of the comments was that, or one of the studies that was actually done, and I don't know if it was Sands or who, who actually did the study, but they basically said, um, if you, right, the average cost of a breach, right, and today in 2021, I, I think it's somewhere around a million dollars, right? If you, instead of investing that million dollars into paying ransomware payments or, or crypto, you know, crypto locking, whatever, if you invested in the hunting, right, you could probably spend half of that money, right, and get more value by having an organic or even or even a third party that's doing the hunting for you. And so I think hunting, um, I think some people look at it as I've, I've never done it before and I'm doing okay now. So it's more like insurance, right? And, and in a way it, it kind of is, right? It's not for everybody, but I think um, the real value in threat hunting is, is you be, if you educate yourself, right? If I, because here's the thing, right? And I think solar winds, and now we'll talk about this in a minute, Nick, about the uh, the colonial pipeline breach, right? The ransomware attack on that. I think threat actors know their their victims' environments better than the victims do. No, you're right? absolutely I, I, correct. That's how they and, uh, get through, and that's why they're yeah. uh, popular and and, yeah. and do their thing. Yeah, and so right, so I think we as as defenders, right, uh, security, you know, whatever you want to call us, um, yes, it's hunted. Threat hunting, the new bingo. Yeah, if you, if you combine threat hunting, AI, ML, GPU acceleration, and some other words, right? I think you can you can officially win the bingo, right? Um, Hyperconvergence. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you got to mention AC, HCI, right? Hyperconvergent infrastructure too. Um, but no, I, I think I think it's important, right? And and we talk about incident response, and that's and it's and it's importance into an organization. But I think if you go to most every organization and say, do you feel that you are um, maturing in your security posture or your security ecosystem, right? That most people will tell you that have a lick of sense, I could always do better, right? For the ones that really want to do better. And I think that hunting, 
it's not the act of hunting that you're going to find something, right? That's not what I'm trying to, that's not what the course is about. It's not, it's not adversarial, right? There's a lot of goodness out of hunting that during the hunting process, right? The feedback into incident response, the feedback into IT about, Hey, how many actual assets do you have on the infrastructure right, or on your, on your domain? And IT says we have 300. And during the hunt, you said, well, we have 7,280. Where'd those other come from, right? That kind of information can be valuable uh, during the hunting process. And I think that's one of the main things that I'm trying to, to key off on and educate uh, the attendees uh, in the course. So how did, how did you even start doing it besides just thinking about doing it? Um, you mean as far as building the course or my previous hunting experiences or the all the above? <laughs> okay, we'll go, we'll go with D with all the above, right? So I, you know, you and I obviously worked together many years ago. And so we, you know, we, we were actually doing threat hunting before it was threat hunting, right? I mean, we were doing cyber before it was called cyber. And so, um, and I think in, in a team, right, you can hunt as one, but there's a lot of parallels to actually, you know, going and, you know, taking down an elk or a deer or whatever, there's a lot of parallels that you can draw in preparing for a physical hunt, right? To go hunt wild game as there are in the cyber world, right? You don't just show up into the woods and go with a, with a buck knife and go, man, I hope I find something today. No, you, <laughs> you, you, you understand the time of the year. You understand the terrain. You understand the, where the watering holes are, where the, where do the animals collect? The weather. You understand their mating habits, right? All of those things play into a traditional, you know, wild game hunt. And the same goes for threat hunting, right? It's really no different. Um, so that's the whole point of, of getting that. But, you know, I did hunting. I've done it, you know, commercially. I've done it for, you know, government agencies. And and I think one of the biggest things that I learned was um, what I didn't know about my own environment. Right. And I think that's one of the key takeaways. I think a lot of organizations that might be listening to this or individuals, uh, the biggest takeaway is, right, try it and see. Right. It doesn't require a whole lot of additional effort, people, process or technology. Right. It's just come up with a use case. And just start right and if you attend the course i'll give you some some good education on how do you actually start are there any parallels to threat hunting that make it easier to step into well yeah i mean like we talked about you know so so i'll give you an example um if if i am going to you know say i'm going to physically go hunt you know i'm in the south so white-tailed deer right um i don't again i don't just show up into the woods um but let's take for instance the environment in uh whether the whether the the landscape is is treed hilly is it a marsh area right am i hunting in colorado or am i hunting in southeast alabama or georgia for that matter right those parallels those 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 type of concepts parallel directly into cyber hunting right is my network flat or is it do i have a lot of segmentation in my network right which is great for you know layered security um, to keep the attacker somewhat self-contained but if I don't know my environment, how, how am I going to know that I have, you know, 17 slash 24s in my environment and a couple slash 30s and and I've got, you know, yeah, I mean, so and, and, and not only that, it's it's really what's really important is, you know, malicious actors are generally after data, whether they want to crypto lock or they want to steal it or whatever. And so being able to understand threat hunting is all about really information protection, understanding where your valuable data is, because every company has intellectual property in some form or fashion. And it's a matter of understanding where your data is, right? Um, you ask a lot of companies, right? Where is your intellectual property? And could you clearly tell me, right? If someone was trying to actually exfiltrate your data out of your environment, would you catch it? And I would probably venture to say that a lot of them would say, I, I don't really know. And so again, hunting would potentially, you know, have some breadcrumbs into tell you 
what what is if the answer to that is yes or no? And it sounds like the hunting you're talking about um, is sort of related to red teaming. You know, you get you get into a box and you look around and you see where you are, what's around you. Yeah, well, it's kind of like right one of the first one of the first slides, right? I'll, I'll give you kind of a this isn't a spoiler, but I, I give a snapshot right of a next step command on a traditional Windows box, and it's got about 100 inches in there. 90% of them are, you know, listening connections and about 10% of them are established connections. And I say, is this normal or not, right? Most people would go, maybe, I don't know, right? I, I don't really, and when you look at baselining your environment, we hear that a lot of times, right? That's the myth, well, just baseline your environment and then you'll know what weird looks like, right? Or you'll know what the bad is. Well, how many people have actually fired up a PC from, from scratch and not done anything to it, but power it up and say, what does my physical connections look like? And what do my running processes look like? Uh, not from a lot just of people. <laughs> not a lot of people, right? And so even doing simple tasks like that to say directly after boot up, if my computer, if my workstation has 720, you know, running processes in memory and it normally should only have 120, that's not right. It's not malicious. It, not, it might not be adversarial, but it, it, it does uh, warrant investigating or hunting, right? So Awesome. So let's get back to the course. So what should the attendees already know and what can they expect to gain from attending? Well, so I would say that, um, you know, the courses for any walk of life, right? Whether you're, whether you are somebody who just graduated out of college, right. Or, or someone who's been in the industry for, you know, longer than me, right. I, I am, I am never above being taught something, right. And hopefully I'll learn something out of, out of some of the students in the course. But I think for, for the people that are attending, they should have a, 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 fundamental sound understanding of a traditional security ecosystem, right? When we talk about ingress traffic versus egress, right? North and South, East, West, um, how, how you hunt and understanding an environment, right? It's much like network troubleshooting, right? Do you start at layer one? Do you start at layer seven? Do you start somewhere in the middle? Because if, if it's a, you know, if, if a physical, if, if the physical cat five cable has been disconnected, and I'm trying to troubleshoot a, a layer seven application, I'm gonna be spinning my wheels all day long, right? And there's a lot of parallels to hunting as well. So I would say, you know, everyone who is interested to attend come, um, those who have been in the industry longer will probably gain more value out of it, right? Um, because that's kind of what I've tailored the class to, but uh, I think everybody should come and, and it's gonna be a lot of hands-on, um, a lot of mental questioning preparation, um, but with tons of hands-on and because Excelio is a security provider, right? Um, we are going to focus on how network traffic, right? Full PCAP data uh, in our view, in our hunting campaigns um, actually provides the real meat uh, to actually engage in a hunt. Great, and we'll add um, the link to our website on infosecsync.com. So now let's get into current news. The big news as of today is the Colonial Pipeline hack. Um, yeah. They've got some incident responders uh, working on that right now, but it sounds to me like they could be doing some threat hunting as well. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what you know, I don't know what Colonial and their legal teams going to you know going to provide, but I do know that um, you know um, our our good friend, oh, I say good friend, acquaintance Rob Lee at Dragos has already m made some comments about that, and I think his team, you know, because they're their ICS SCADA, um, you know, uh, focused that they're probably providing them some help. But yeah, he did but a lot I would, of media today. Yeah, he did. Right. <laughs> I, I, I would expect no less of him. Right. Um, but I would definitely say, you know, I think, you know, between, you know, the solar winds breach and now this, um, I think it's coming to the realization that I think that, you know, 
I can't believe that we're still saying that people think that it won't happen to them, right? If you're the largest supplier of crude oil, gas, and and you know a lot of those things to the to the Northeast, right? I think I saw it says they they they're pumping 5,500 gallons uh, per day, uh, or 5,500 drums, something like that, to the to New York, right? And um, that is a huge, right? Just just <laughs> And another thing that I read in the article today is that actually the, the attackers, and I forget who it was, but they actually made a statement that said, we're sorry, right? We didn't really, we didn't want to cause any harm. We just wanted to get paid, right? Well, I'm sorry that, you know, your, you know, your, your shenanigans have now probably going to cause our gas prices to go up by who knows how much, right? Um, but it's, it, yeah, it, it is, a, it's a sad state of affairs when we have large, um, life-giving suppliers out there, right? Because um, if you don't have fuel, right, what, what about, you know, emergency responders who can't, you know, respond to an incident because, you know, they don't have any fuel in their car, right. in their patrol cars, right? Or or jet or, fuel, or, for that matter. Or jet fuel, right? Or, you know, or, or backup generators that are powering hospitals that are saving lives, right? Yeah. There's there's ramifications and ripples to all this. And it's, at some point, we have to we have to freaking wake up, man. And and to talk about that, I, I read an article, and I've, I got it pulled up here on LinkedIn. It was we hear a lot about ransomware, right? Ransomware is, you know, part of that cyber, cyber bingo buzzword kind of stuff. But I was looking here, and and so this is a lot of the information that we don't get after a ransomware attack, right? We don't necessarily get to hear all the details about who paid what and how much Bitcoin. And I know, you know, so let me give you an example. It says the average initial ransom demand uh, in the healthcare industry is about four and a half million dollars, right? The average ransom paid is about nine hundred and ten thousand dollars, right? And the days to an acceptable restoration is about 4.1 days. Um, so, right, we, we hear about all these ransomware cases, right? Being bad in today's society pays really well. I mean, <laughs> good, it's a good thing that I do this for a living because I care about my country and, and the company that I work for. Because if not, right, if all of us turn bad, right, it'd be a sad state of yeah, affairs. Be bad. Um, and so, yeah, I just I just think that this is a point where right and, and the hunted course is not going to highlight all that. Right. I mean, we'll we'll definitely have some good conversations. Right. And in the course, because uh, I know from the courses that I've attended, most of the things that I remember is not what is not the, the content on a slide, but it's the stories that are told by the actual instructor. Right. The real world. Right. How did you how would you handle the situation? And the instructor normally gives their two cents. And that's usually what you'll actually remember after the course. So. Awesome. Anything else you want to talk about? No, man. I, uh, so if your listeners, you know, want to, so the next course is actually next week and I think it's almost full, right? We have 10 seats per class and that will probably expand here in the next couple of weeks, but we have our first course is May 18th through the 19th. Um, and we're actually trying to make sure that we can keep people on the Pacific coast and the East coast. So the, the times are 9am to 1600, uh, mountain time. So we can kind of cover the gamut on both both ends of the coast, and um, and then the next class will be in June. So, but we'll, we'll I'll provide you a link, and for those who want to attend, hey, come on and enjoy it, and, and actually give me your feedback. Right, this is a community effort, and uh, I'm looking for valuable feedback to make this better for for the next class. So, thanks for having me, Nick. All right, Jeremy Leisher, thanks for staying in sync with InfoSec Sync. I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to spend with me, listening or viewing this podcast. Please tell your friends and associates about it and subscribe on your favorite platform. Please send any comments, questions, or requests to me, Nick, at InfoSecSync.com. And as always, thanks for staying in sync with InfoSec Sync. That's it for this episode. 
Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And as always, thanks for staying in sync with InfoSec Sync.